I don't eat chips. Fork and knife too? What? I eat chips because it's salty. I hate sweet. Why? I hate sweets. Nothing. Like, if you have ice cream cake, but it has to be from Dairy Queen, sure. Oh my God. Or it's folia cake. Anything you else? Are Chocolate picky. candy. Why? Why? Doesn't do it for me. I need chips in my life. All right. Nice, need a little salty flavor, you know. If you're not salty enough. You know. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number sixteen of the Battle of Ontario podcast. I am your host, David Celebre, as always, alongside my lovely co-host. Wow, compliment? Well, this is a, this is a special Alicia episode. Alicia Scodelaire. This is a special episode that we have for you. Uh, that's the only compliment you're getting. Okay. <laughs> so today, we're going to change things up a bit. We're not going to do our usual Back to the Drawing Board segment. We're not going to do our usual Battle of Ontario talk. I mean, we will, but we're going to do it a little differently. This is a special trade deadline episode. A lot has happened in the trade deadline, whether it was the day before the actual deadline or the day of. But regardless, we have a lot to get to. So we are going to jump right into it. We're going to start with a few of the big trades that have happened. And one that started right before the trade deadline, or a few days before, I should say, was Kyle Palmieri and Travis Sajak of the New Jersey Devils. Uh, going to the New York Islanders for a few players and a few draft picks, something that Jersey needed to do in order to free up some cap space and something that the Islanders, I feel, needed to do to get some offense on their very defensive team led by experienced defensive coach Barry Trotz. So that is a big trade for the Islanders and the Devils. The Devils actually retaining 50% of Paul Mary's somewhat expensive salary and Zajax as well so the, the fact that they got Palmieri plus Zajac big win for the it's, New York it Islanders is a, it's a pretty big win because with Anders Lee being out yeah like, and that's that's on. the big thing I think they don't make this trade if Anders Lee was still in maybe go for Palmieri alone I mean Zajac and they were still in on Hall too they weren't they counting were on out Hall yet. and I think I think they were one of the leaders on Hall they might have won a bit too much for Hall we'll get to that Eventually, so there was the one that really got the ball rolling. Um, the big one, another big one, um, before the actual trade deadline day, uh, Tampa Bay acquired David Savard, defenseman, uh, in a bit of a confusing three way trade with Detroit and Columbus. All you really need to know is Tampa gave up a 2021 first and fourth round pick, as well as a 2022 third round pick to land probably the hottest defenseman on the trade market in David Savard. Um, it's something that was bound to happen due to Columbus's disappointing year. Dave Savard is a great defensive defenseman that can add to any team. And a team like Tampa, who already has a bunch of studs on the back end as well as the offense, and probably arguably the best goalie in the NHL right now in Andre Vasilevsky, uh, that team just got a little more scarier than it already was. And they're going to make another run for they'll the definitely make a run. They're 100%. They're going to threaten to be the first team since the Pittsburgh Penguins to to go back-to-back back back, Stanley yeah. Cup champions. And they have a good chance of doing that. And this trade definitely helps. Um, another trade, uh, Pittsburgh landing Jeff Carter in a pretty surprising trade. No one really anticipated Jeff Carter to go anywhere. I mean, he is old, but he's still a decent player. He can definitely add to Pittsburgh's 100%. already old lineup, you have to the argue. The Malkin, the Crosby, Latang. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a 2010 
Olympic slash all-star team. Uh, <laughs> they gave up not much, 20, uh, 2022 third-round conditional as well as a 2023 fourth-round conditional. So freeing up cap space for LA, who's also on the rebuild, and Pittsburgh gets their, you know, one of the, another one of their veteran guys. Uh, probably the hottest uh, player on the trade deadline board had to have been Taylor Hall. He was acquired by the Boston Bruins the hour before trade deadline day officially started. Late Sunday night, he was acquired by the Boston Bruins alongside former Ottawa Senator Curtis Lazar mm-hmm. for uh, Andreas Bjork and as well a 2021 second round pick. The fact that they didn't give up a first round pick for Taylor Hall was huge. Very big, big W for the Boston Bruins. Big W for Boston Bruins. You got to wonder why Buffalo didn't get more. We'll get into the reason why we think Buffalo did not get more. Um, there's a f- few factors in there that can come into play. Uh, but we'll get to that eventually when we uh, mentioned our winners and losers in our Church Ooh. of the Week segment, which is, again, it. another little change. And one of the bigger surprises on trade deadline day was the trade between the Washington Capitals and Detroit Red Wings. Anthony Mantha, who no one really saw as a player to be moved. He wasn't really on the trade board, was Not he? at all. I mean, he is supposed to be the future of the Red Wings, but apparently the Red Wings didn't see it that way. They uh, traded Anthony Mantha, the Washington Capitals, for a lot. A first-round pick in 2021, a second-round pick in 2022. Uh, Richard Panic, who is sort of a, a veteran guy. He's yeah. a third, fourth-line guy. And uh, Jacob Vrana, who was supposed to be part of Washington's future, but apparently they like Mantha better. Yeah, that guy can play, and they're very similar. He's very similar to Anthony Mantha. In a Mantha. way, but I think Anthony yeah. Mantha, with his size, can be more of a dominant, dominant force yeah. in, the own, in their own zone as well as the Fair. offensive zone. Fair. So it was just an interesting trade to see. I did not expect to see Anthony Mantha. Go. I didn't expect it either, but Stevie Y just shows us yet again on why he's such a great GM. He won this trade by a mile. Yep. He got great returns, yep. great picks, and a really good player in Vranen. So Vrana is a bit of a, um, he has proven himself. You know, he won the cup. He was good in that playoff run. So he could be a bit of a uh, long-term player for the Detroit Red Wings who are rebuilding. They yep, have a they... lot of work to do, but they got a lot for that hey, trade. They're getting the picks in just like Ottawa did. Yep. So good, very good grade. Yep. For the Detroit Red Wings. For the Red Detroit Wings. Red Wings and, uh, and Washington as well. You know, you got Anthony Mantha who could be a fourth. I think they gave up a little too much, in yeah. my opinion. Okay. Which Washington, I, I think it was a bit heavy. I but think if that's, that's the yeah. price you pay on trade deadline day. Especially now. And when you sign uh, UFAs, right? Yeah, absolutely. Same thing. Same thing. So you guys might be wondering why we haven't mentioned the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Ottawa Senators, seeing as this is a Maple Leafs and Senators podcast. We have decided for this episode to leave our Battle of Ontario segment not only for a recap of our team's games in the past week, but also to basically grade our team's trade deadline acquisitions. Uh, Both heading in different directions, we know that. However, we feel that both teams did a pretty good job of uh, addressing the needs of their team, as well as... um, you know, giving their, their teams a chance to actually do something positive in the near future. So we're going to jump right into it. We're going to start with the Toronto Maple Leafs and what they have done during this trade deadline period where they have, I would think, 
revamp their team in a way or added to their team in a very positive way and address some needs that I think they absolutely needed. Uh, we'll start with the big one that did happen the day before trade deadline day occurred. And that was the acquisition of Columbus Blue Jackets forward and captain Nick Felino for a 2021 first round pick and a 2022 fourth round pick. Which he was an ex-senator, Dave. Yes, he was. Dubas just yeah. loves our old yeah. players. He Lish, loves our sloppy Lish's, seconds. Lish's theory is that, yeah, that Dubas loves secretly loves the senators. I don't I He is don't a sense sickle deep in depth. Oh, no inside. way. You can't lay <laughs> that on him. How dare you? Uh, it's it's a pretty good trade for Toronto considering they need some leadership on their team, some additional leadership, a guy who knows what it takes to win, uh, a guy who does have that sandpaper attitude as well as that offensive touch, and a guy who can just move up and down the lineup. Much like a Zach Hyman can move up and down the lineup, Nick Felino has experience with that as well. And I think the big thing with this trade was the uncertainty of players. Dubas does not want to get caught in a situation where he's losing players to injury all the time. So I think this is a good trade for the Leafs. Lish, you have a bit of a quarrel with this trade. I think it's a great trade for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You're adding a veteran forward into the lineup. But... Do I think the first round pick was a bit heavy? Yes. And I understand you've made this point. You're not even going to let me say my point. No, we've argued about this. Much argued, yeah. Where I was about to drive to your house and start a physical... (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Kidding, I don't know. You're ready to fight. (laughs) I think it was a bit pricey. Okay. I'm only saying that Mm -hmm. because he's not a top-end goal scorer. And you always talk about character on the team. Yes. You have that already in Simmons. You have that already in Thornton. You have that already in Spezza. You have a leader in JT. Why do you need more character? And I'll tell you why we need more character. Explain. Because the past decade or even more, we have lost in the first round of playoffs, mainly due to the fact that we didn't have that kind of character that needs you to get through the adversity in a seven-game series. Now, if we had a little more character or leadership against the Boston Bruins in those series, even against the Washington Capitals when we lost to them, because that was probably the closest of the two series that I felt we could have won, even though we did go seven to Boston. We could have beat Washington easily. Well, not easily, but we could have beat Washington. However, the bottom line is that the Leafs need that character leadership during the playoffs to grab their young guys by the neck when we're down and say, listen, it's not over. Do what you do that got us here. For us to succeed. You need someone to get them out of the mental funk that they put themselves in when they are down and when they face adversity. And I think a guy like Nick Foligno does that. And a guy like JT. And a guy like Simmons. And a guy like Spezza. And a guy like Thornton. So you and a guy like Bogosian. You can so never have too much leadership. So what you had was not enough. I'm not... You already have leaders on that team. You, you so can you, never have okay, enough. So let's go back. You think a first round pick was not... Heavy price for Nick Foligno. Uh, not really, because oh, let's Dave, a few factors. A few factors. Okay. They're gonna finish in the top five this year in players in in teams. Sorry. Yeah. You in think division? Well, okay. still, regardless, their draft pick that they're giving up is not gonna be more than a twenty fifth or twenty sixth draft pick. And from the history of the NHL draft, those draft picks aren't really historically that important of players. It could be different down the road, but realistically, you're not giving them a 10th overall. You're not giving them a 12th overall. You're giving them a 25th and lower overall, which, again, it could be a good player, but chances are it's not because all the good players in the first round usually go 
before the 15th pick. So that's my one point with that. The second point is this draft this year is not going to be a heavy draft. You got to think that the junior teams, the AHL teams, the college teams even, they have not been playing a regular season like the NHL has been having. They started later. Some of them haven't even started or didn't start. And some are not even in a full season to the point where you can see the development of a player or you can get that full year in to develop yourself as an NHL-ready player. So that's why I think this draft is going to be a little thin. That's why you okay. see a lot of 2021 draft picks going during this deadline. So that's why I don't think Dubas really cared that he gave up a first round. I think he was ready to do it anyway. But then you see a guy like Taylor Hall. Ah, but okay. see, I'm going to go to that now. You, I have a, a second feeling, round pick for Taylor but, Hall? Uh, hey, and I, you know, Come kudos on. to the Bruins. And maybe, just maybe, uh, Buffalo's wish was to get a prospect out of that trade. And they didn't really get the prospect they wanted. Or maybe they did in in, uh, in in Buffalo's pick or in Boston's pick. But the bottom line is, Dubas wasn't willing to give up on his prospect. He wasn't given, willing to give up a Robinson, Robertson. He wasn't get, willing to give up a Sandine or a Lilligren. So... That's something that he stood firm on, and that's probably why he didn't go for Hall. Okay. So I think it was a good trade for for the Leafs, and and we'll see we'll see if it pans out come uh, come playoff time. Uh, they also received Stefan Nosen, who has 54 points in 207 games from San Jose for a 2021 fourth rounder. I think that's another depth thing, so I won't get too into that. The Leafs also landed goaltender big save dave okay david riddick from the calgary flames for a 2022 third round pick this is a immediate uh need they need to they have to address with the fact that freddie's on a long-term ir uh jack campbell's not really 100 percent. he's still nursing those injuries and uh, don't say that the guy's 11 and 0 he's I, been, but they, what injuries they're still worried about his injuries oh give me a break he's 11 and 0 but you know it's not the solely issue on him here, the, the issue good. here okay is anderson yes okay big issue. plain and simple yeah is he gonna come back this season is he gonna make a return is he gonna be 100 percent healthy for the playoffs i uh, think if he comes i don't know i think if he comes back he has to be 100 percent healthy or else why bring him back and I think it's just so. I don't think they either either they don't know enough yet about his injury, or if they're willing to take that chance and just run with Hutchison and Campbell, or the fact that you know what, done with Freddie. Let's move forward. We'll see these two guys, and maybe we'll address it in in the offseason. And that's sad because Fred, whether you like Anderson or not, absolutely, I know he you're going got to. you guys to the playoffs on many occasions. He won us a lot of playoff exactly. games. Exactly. So I'm not I'm not crapping on Freddie and, at but all. But typical Leaf fashion, you guys praise a guy. Hold on. What? You, guys, you guys do the same thing with Dubas too. It's all over Twitter. You guys praise them. And then when they're in a slump or you're not happy with the decision that they made, you guys shit on them. Again. And so, you know what, Leaf fans? Don't Fake shit. Leaf yes. fans. Phony fans. Don't shit on Anderson. Coming from a Sens fan, I'm a fan of him. Mm-hmm. Yes, he has his struggles like mm-hmm. many other goalies. Mm-hmm. But you know what? That guy is an absolute gem. I hope he makes a return. If okay. not, I think his time with Toronto will be done shortly. Absolutely. If he doesn't return this season, then he's then he's definitely done. The one thing I'll say about Anderson, and I think a lot of the... I'm speaking to for the real Leaf fans now, is as much as he saves us games, as much as he plays very well for us, there has been those games where he has given up those important games where he has given up some pretty soft goals when we needed him. And I know it's not fair to say because 
he is a goaltender and he has won us so many games. But at the same time, there were times where we needed him most and he kind of let us down uh, to a degree. So I think that's why no, a lot of Leaf fans, a lot of real Leaf fans, I will say, are just not 100% confident that he can be that number one guy that gets us past first round and hopefully to a Stanley Cup. We'll see what happens. So we're going to see what happens with that. Um, a few minor deals the Leafs did. The Leafs did. Uh, they added some uh, depth to their defensive core in acquiring Ben Hutton from uh, the Anaheim Mighty Ducks for a 2022 fifth round pick. He's a guy that can slot into five or six if they need it. Um, if, let's say, Dermot doesn't play as well or Bogosian gets hurt or something, he can slide in there and he's yeah. NHL ready. Insurance. Um, yeah. They got rid of the, the Alexander Barabanov Bar- experiment is over, thank God. Au revoir. He was shipped to San Jose for anti Sumella. Someone called him. Anti Seminella. But uh, <laughs> he was shipped uh, He was shipped out, so that was that experiment was over. I, those... Those experiments, those Russian players that they bring in from an, I just I letting in, I don't get it. Letting in it happen too, and they got rid of them. So good riddance to both of them. Hey. And they also grabbed Riley Nash from the Columbus Blue Jackets for a 2022 seventh round pick. This was more of a uh, salary cap move by the Leafs because they needed to put Freddie on LTIR. Riley Nash is also on LTIR. Mm-hmm. So these are guys that they can put on the LTIR so they can free up cap space in order to make the moves that they made. But do you agree? how the NHL makes this happen. I mean... There's a lot of pros and cons. Well, they had to do it mainly because of the COVID situation. They had to really stretch out that LTIR to make it affordable for Leafs to... Or for Leafs. I'm always thinking about the Leafs. Always, gosh. For make it affordable for teams to uh, pick up a guy if they're on COVID or if they have COVID that really affected them. Look at uh, uh, Travis Konechny of uh, the Flyers. He was out almost a month Mm -hmm. with the uh, COVID-related injury, as as you can call it. So um, for this season, I don't really fault the NHL, but if this continues in the future, it's kind of a... They're going to have to put in a rule or a change. They're kind of just got to go back to what the LTIR was before. And um, as for the Leafs, I give them an A A minus okay. for their for their acquisition. I mean, maybe they could have got uh, uh, one more offensive minded player. I was thinking more of a one more defenseman. You well, the used. defenseman is pretty. Their defense is pretty strong right now, so they don't really need a defenseman. They got a goalie who's eleven and zero. Okay, Dave. Okay, you that's know all what? as, good, as good as Jack Campbell has been. Their defense has been. Okay, they're yeah good outstanding. Too, okay? Like five goals in against us. Mm. No, yeah, five goals against us. Yeah, still okay. one six five. Whatever. <laughs> so we're gonna move on to the Ottawa Senators. Very very, and I have to say, as a Leaf fan, I'm very impressed with what Ottawa did today. I'm gonna let Lish take it away because she was ecstatic with what they did today, even though. The Leafs picking up Felino did get to her a little bit. Oh, this, just a tad. Just a tad. But let's start off. Um, when we did this podcast, I mentioned on several occasions that the defense or other players Dorian brought in. As well as me mentioning it. Yes, I'll give you credit, Dave. A non-sense fan. He had to clean up his mess. Absolutely. And he did that on Sunday night and on the trade. Monday. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll start with the first uh, trade that happened. Mike Riley was traded oh. to Boston. My favorite player. Wow. Actually, he's been playing d- decent lately. So, you know, I'll yeah, give him credit. Said, we're shipping you out, so yeah. you better play good. <laughs> Step up mm-hmm. to Boston for a 2021 third round pick. Yeah. The fact that Ottawa got a third round pick for Mike Riley was a home run for Pierre Dorian and the Ottawa Senators. I mean, you know, you I thought there would be more teams interested in. 
but again he he hesitates with the puck and he's a he's a pretty decent skater i'll give him that but some of the plays are are kind of questionable Obviously, Boston needs help on defense right yeah, now. Yeah, they do, yeah. So he, so might, you know he, might, he might actually be a good fit Like there. I always say, sometimes a change of scenery mm-hmm. can really help a player. Mm-hmm. I wish Mike Riley the best in Boston. Even really? Though, even though I didn't you get along with him. You dump on him so <laughs> much, and you're actually giving him your best? You know best? what? What am I? I can't hate this on the guy. Weird, this is, is this Alicia that I've been yes, doing a podcast Alicia. the last 50 episodes, I guess? <laughs> wow. Then, you know, Pierre Dorian, he decides he's on a roll last night mm-hmm. on Sunday. He decides to pull the trigger on Braden Colburn, traded to the New York Islanders, which is a cup contending team. Yeah, yeah. Can't argue. For they're, a twenty twenty two seventh round pick. Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. But Every, you know what? But they just wanted to That dump just him. opens up a spot for yep. either a prospect or what now I'm gonna mention is yes. Mr. Victor Mete oh. was claimed by the Ottawa Senators. Obviously, losing Mike Riley and Colburn, mm-hmm. we had to claim him. I think it was a win-win situation for Ottawa. Absolutely. He's seven, his salary is $700,000. Mm-hmm. He's 22 years old. Very young. He can skate with the puck really yeah. well. He makes great plays. He's not your goal scorer, but we don't no, need that. No, but you don't need that we on don't defense. Need that. And, and a guy like Mete, it's, it's, who's played with Shabbat, to yeah, mention. Yeah. He's played with Formington. So yeah. there is a... Obviously, familiar faces in Ottawa. So happy for him that he got claimed. He's been a bit of a uh, anomaly in Montreal. I mean, his first season he was horrendous as a minus player, but he was a rookie season. You're yeah. gonna expect that. But they never did really give him a chance. Put him on they waivers. They didn't give him enough playing time, in my yeah. opinion, especially yeah. this year with yeah. the whole COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, now with him coming to Ottawa, he's gonna be playing a lot more minutes. I think it's a perfect opportunity for him. You know, if we do like how how he plays. There's a chance we can sign him in the office. And you don't season. have to sign him for a lot no, because he has don't. more to prove. So you know what? Great pickup by the Sens. Yep. I called it from last night. This was going to yeah, happen. Yeah, you did. Uh, yeah. And as usual, Alicia was right. Yeah, but I can't give myself too much Take credit. Take it easy there. <laughs> but we weren't done yet. No, still busy. We were trying to ship out Gabranson. Yes. I thought he was going to Montreal or Winnipeg. Those were my two guesses. Yep. A little bit of a curveball because mm-hmm. he wants to stay close to home because he just... Um, had a newborn. Mm-hmm. So These he are got. Factors, yes, yeah. there is factors. Yeah. You want to respect that yeah. as a player and a GM. But he got shipped to Nashville for a seventh round pick in 2023. Which, the, weird. Weird. Nashville, Nashville is. is, is they're on the cusp yeah. of the playoff. I don't. Yeah, well, I guess Gabranson is not a huge player that it's a big deal to them. No, I mean, it's, but it's a. I guess you get that veteran leadership and yep. he, he is tough to play against. You know, he did make great plays, but and overall he was flat footed. Yeah, very. You, you, he got exposed way too much. Yeah. But this is good for the Ottawa Senators. Let me tell you why. This is now going to open up for JBD, Victor Mete. You're mm-hmm. going to see Shabbat maybe playing a little bit less. Hopefully. That Hopefully. Guy, the guy's playing why, 30. You play I don't like that. He, minutes I hate with that. With a team that is not expected to do much, you're wearing the guy down for You have no Sanderson, reason. and that's, gonna, that's hopefully going to be one of your top elite defensemen. Absolutely. But yeah, leave him down. In college, he needs to develop more and Perfect. then hopefully bring him his way up. Yep. Overall, I think the Sens did well. Pierre cleaned up his sloppy mess. Yep. I thought maybe Anisimov or Tierney would have got traded as well, but I, they're probably nobody many... wants Anisimov. Uh, and yeah, Anis. Oh, the guy that was outstanding in training camp. That's 
improve Whatever. the most. Been on waivers how I'm many glad times? I'm, I mean, I'm I'm kind of happy you guys didn't give away tyranny. I mean, he's he's, he's not, playing well with Connor Brown. But that's why, like, you don't want to give a guy. You're trying to develop a uh, a culture here with this team, right? And you need those culture guys. You know, your Watsons, who's obviously hurt, unfortunately, but he's the guy that's going to be here yeah. in the long term. You guys have set yourselves up pretty well for the future, as if you aren't aren't were already set up well for the future. You have such amazing prospects. Look at Pinto. He's hopefully playing on Wednesday night look, with look JBD. At, with yeah. JBD too. I mean, these are guys that are going to be elite stars on an NHL team. I don't know about elite status, but I mean, they're going to make a difference on an NHL team. But you could tell when Pierre did his press conference, he said, you know, these guys weren't going to stay on the team for too long. They were there for veteran leadership, but it was the right time for the kids to play. This should have happened a while ago. 100% agree. Or this shouldn't have happened at all. 100% agree. That's you my got, opinion on it. No, and, and it's a and it's a very good point. You, but from a business standpoint, from a GM standpoint, you got to think of this too. Um, you're trying to get return for these guys that he did yeah. say he wanted to get. Some of them weren't the best returns. I mean, like for Goodbranson, we did <clears throat> trade for him for a fifth round pick. We ended yeah. up getting a seventh. Well, you you wanted to see I if mean, you could get more. Yeah, I mean, but we we didn't. So he that's the gamble the you you take, and it's a very low risk move to have these you know I guess veteran guys to, in order yeah. to up their value and get something in return. So also you, sorry to yeah, note in the. Uh, Nashville trade with Eric Branson. Mm -hmm. We did acquire Brandon Fortunato, which will probably be a guy mm. end up in the minors. He is a defenseman. It's an Italian over there. Is hey, he? I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe. Sounds Ciao, like it. Bello. But listen, <laughs> overall, I, I will give the Senators a B plus. Okay. I, I don't think they deserved an A. Well, because they think, didn't really add anything. Yes. So I just I think, Pierre, please note for next time. Pierre, are you listening? Watch what you trade for and watch who you pick up mm -hmm. because sometimes these veteran guys we don't need them and yet because yep. these young players that we have are proving why they want to play they're hungry they're desperate to be in the lineup mm -hmm. let them play and you know what with pinto and jbd coming in the lineup on wednesday night hopefully we get to see them play fingers crossed put them on good lineups <laughs> play them with the kachucks like i said play them with the stutzlas JBD, put him with Shabbat. Start building that chemistry. So, overall, B plus to Pierre Dorian and the Auto Senators. Do you think Pinto plays with Stutzler right away? No. You don't think so? Because that's just a typical DJ Smith move. <laughs> and I won't get into that because... But whatever, but it, I don't want to ruin our day. No, Because I it was a positive day. I don't want to bring too much negativity. But this is your time to experiment. I mean, exactly. you, 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 but Start that's what I mean. They'll throw them around. There's what? How many games left? 12 at most? 12, yeah, 13? 12, I think 15, Ottawa has played whatever. 42 right now. Yeah, They're yeah, playing yeah. tonight against uh, the Winnipeg Jets. But yeah. let them start building that chemistry. But that's what I mean. Like, you, you want to start throwing things around. I mean, you're not trying to build any chemistry for this season. You're just trying to sort of feel it out and see. Yeah. Um, the only thing I worry about with Ottawa is, is DJ going to be here, like, Three, I don't four five year coach no because in order to build some kind of culture or some kind of um established uh, uh sort of message sent to your team to say hey this is the game we want to play this is the style of play we want you got to have a coach that's been there from say day one and moved on they i i think personally dave in the 2021 2022 season if we don't see that transition go up then he's gone. He's gone halfway yeah. through. I think I think that's a fair assumption to make. I think that's I think Ottawa feels that they owe it to DJ Smith for coming in here and, and not being dealt yeah, and a strong getting, hand. Yeah, look at the team he's 
So yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta side with DJ on that part. He wasn't given a a lot of stars to play with, or a lot of good players to play. But he's also kind of triggered me with the lineups and the guys that he's been playing instead of the young roster that we have. So we'll leave it at that for DJ. Um, yeah, B plus for the auto centers. So overall, for both teams, uh, we got an A minus for the Leafs and a B plus for Ottawa. Pretty good showings out of our Ontario teams. Uh, during the trade deadline and the days leading up to trade deadline. So in the past, maybe not the best acquisitions made by either team some years, but I feel like this was a very important year for both teams. The Leafs obviously trying to get a Stanley Cup and the Sens obviously trying to set themselves up for success in the very near future. We're pleased to be joined by a dear, dear friend of the Battle of Ontario podcast, uh, creator, uh, host of his own podcast, the New Era Sends Network, as well. Uh, Joseph, uh, David Joseph, uh, thank you for joining us today. You're welcome, and it's it's actually the New Era Hockey Network. My yeah, bad, my bad. There was a, there's a recently change, so a quick plug for you there. Yeah, tell us all about <laughs> it quickly, please. So, I would love to so hear it. The New Era Hockey Network, what we did is we expanded from just an Ottawa Senators website and podcast, uh, and we dedicated ourselves to all the Canadian website, uh, sorry, hockey teams. Uh, we have a podcast for all the teams. We're still looking for uh, some Jet podcasters, so if you guys have anyone that are Jets fans listening, ayo. Uh, you know, we're always looking for writers and stuff, but uh, yeah, so we, we pretty much just expanded ourselves so that we could uh, appeal to all the Canadian hockey fans, not just the Senators Canadian fans. market, anymore. I love it. Awesome. Great work. Yeah, Thank you. Excellent. And also a, a great fan of uh, the Ottawa Senators as well as the game of hockey. So it's always good to get another, as, as it pains me to say, another Senators voice in the already crowded room that we have of Senators. <laughs> Sens Army, I like to say. Sens Sickles. We're just taking like over. We're taking that's over. That's it. Here. Yeah, that's it. So um, the big thing that we want to discuss um, – Outside of the trade deadline, which we'll, we'll jump into that in a bit since we already have sort of done it in our own episode, we want to talk about the Battle of Ontario and the, the most recent uh, uh, episode of the Battle of Ontario between the Toronto Maple Leafs and Ottawa Senators, where the Leafs prevailed 6-5 this past Saturday night. They barely beat us. Calm down. Well, we did win. Uh, so I'll leave it at that. But um, I'm interested to hear, uh, David, what your um, what your thoughts are, not only on that game, but the Battle of Ontario this year as a whole, and how you think the Leafs and Sens fare against one another. So the Battle of Ontario has not reignited the way I wanted it to, and, and you think that playing each other so many times you would i mean just wait till we play each other three times in a row again i'm sure it's gonna it's gonna come back up yeah um i think toronto has a hard time playing against ottawa but don't take that to heart i think every canadian team does right now ottawa's Mm -hmm. in last place but there's one thing you hear through any broadcast whether it be tsn or sportsnet uh, and all the coaches and gms they all say the same thing don't ever sleep on ottawa they're a tough team to play against they don't quit they play the full 60. Um, so that's why they're able to keep uh, keep into the game. Sorry, keep in the game with mm-hmm. guys like the Leafs because they're hard to play against. Um, that being said, man, like Toronto is an amazing team. Like they're they're ter- Every time we play, um, one side of me goes, you know, we're able to hang with Toronto. We do it every game. And, and Toronto always comes out 
literally clawing and scratching just to get that win against us. But at the end of the day, it, Toronto's just so good, though. It's 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 hard to beat them, period. And honestly, I think this year is probably the best year for them in the playoffs where they have a legitimate chance at winning the cup because they don't get they don't have to play Boston in the first round, right? So that's that's a big that's up huge. for you guys. Yeah, that's a, it's a big deal. They got it's lucky. You guys got lucky there. I'm just saying. Well, I, I still needed to win, and we pulled out the win, so that's all I'm going to say about that. But yeah. um, it's interesting, too, um, the 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 changes that the Senators have gone through and how the Leafs have kind of been experiencing these these changes that they've gone to. Case in point, I want to get to right away, uh, your boy, Connor Brown, our former boy who, like you guys with Spezza, we really cherish Connor Brown and his time as a Leaf, even though he wasn't a, uh, as you say, predominant force on the team, but he definitely could have been on a team that was already offensively stacked. Uh, your your boy Connor Brown has has a more predominant role on this team, and and he's at what eight eight games? Yeah, eight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's in he's in line with some really elite players too with that record. He's tied. Uh, I I don't have the list at the top of my head, but I was looking at it today. And that's a record that he shares with some pretty good names. And don't get me wrong. Honestly, last year and this year, both times I thought Brown was going to be traded at the deadline. And I've been a huge advocate for keeping guys like him and Tierney around. And now I'm thinking, you know, Brown, Tierney, and um, the Zingle, I'd love to see as our veterans kind of moving forward right now. Um, <clears throat> he did not get the opportunity uh, that he has right now in Toronto. Because Toronto mm-hmm. has so they, much firepower, they were just you guys stacked, were stopped. Right? You guys yeah, were stopped before. exactly. Stopped. And so, like, uh, so my uh, a friend of ours on on Twitter, uh, the Hockey Hound, right? Uh, I had him run a poll, so it was non-biased, saying who would you rather have on your team, Brady Kachuk or William Nylander? And a lot of people said Kachuk. It, it won. It was a pretty good landslide. But here's <laughs> the thing: that Toronto fans don't understand is you guys have all the firepower, right? So you guys look at William Newlander and you go, man, well, we want we want Newlander. But then from every other like fan base, you look at it and you go, not everybody has that much offense on their team, right? right. So, but so when we look at it, we go, well, I'd rather have a Brady Kachuk if I'm from Toronto, for example. I'd rather have Brady Kachuk because I got so much offensive power already. I'd rather have a guy like Kachuk over William William Newlander because you need more of a Kachuk. That's why you guys brought in Felino. Right. So you have yeah. that grind, that grind, yeah. that leadership, which is what Kachuk is, just a lot mm-hmm. younger and a lot better. Mm-hmm. Well, another former Ottawa senator, of course, because Dubas is obsessed with us and our. This is I, running players. theory. Her running, her running theory is that uh, Dubas <laughs> is a secret sense fan and he's bringing all these former senators on the team. I, and I tweeted him. I tweeted Dubas asking him if he uh, if he had extended his hand out to Patrick Laleem yet. Oh gosh! <laughs> so you bring the Lima out of retirement? He never replied, but no, we don't want him. He's 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 weak up the five hole. We'll say that. <laughs> but Remember yeah, Carter that. Brown, man, I, I really hope Carter Brown is uh, yeah, retires a sand dude. He's he looks good in black and red, and and he fits in really well. He's a fan favorite. Uh, from what you hear through the media and like other players when you watch their interviews when they talk about him, uh, he's really comfortable with the guys and the guys are really comfortable with him. And it's just chemistry. You don't want to mess with that right now, right? So I I, I want to just keep on this uh, theme of Ottawa versus Toronto and we'll we'll keep with the game that they did play, um, the 6-5 win by the Leafs. Um, we'll talk about the uh, players that have been more of an impact on especially the Ottawa Senators. Um, with the recent transactions that they made this past trade deadline, um, the, the point that Lish and I have been making these past month 
on our Battle of Ontario podcast was the fact that DJ Smith needs to start playing his young guys a lot more because this is your future on on the team. Uh, these young guys are supposed to be the future of the Sens, and the fact that he wasn't playing them as much at the beginning of the season was kind of troubling. Now that he's let these, or Dorian has let go, these few veteran defensemen, so to speak. I wouldn't even say that. They were flat-footed. Well, flat-footed, but they, they were, were guys just there. They were not good was, enough. They, and they shouldn't have been in the lineup. And we said it from the beginning. I was even talking about with Dave, you know, on Twitter as well. And they were bringing the team down. That's why the first half of that season was not acceptable to watch. It was, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. As soon as they started cutting them out and putting them on the taxi squad and putting them on waivers, Sends rebuild. Young guys came in and they're fighting for spots. And they ended up winning more games. So the crazy thing too is is DJ has no choice but to play young guys now. He doesn't have any more old yeah. guys, right? That's, he's got that's no choice. a good part. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Too. So so it's not like he doesn't want to or he's giving the young guys a chance. It's that uh Pierre Dorian got rid of all those old guys and he's like, DJ, you're gonna you're gonna win and you're gonna build with these guys, and that's kind of the extent to it. Um yeah, I'm really glad that they got rid of some of the guys. I'm not going to sit there and say they didn't do anything while they were here. I guarantee you there's probably a whole lot of things we didn't hear about or see yeah. uh, in the locker room, yeah. little teachings, practice, drills, little yeah. little pointers that helped everybody get better. Um, so, I mean, now they've moved on. They're, they're gone to their respective new teams. Uh, we'll see what happens from there. Like Riley, uh, I mean, he started for Boston tonight, and people were like, Oh my God, Riley's really good, and all this and all that. And I, I was like, just, just wait. Just for it. wait. Just wait. Wait for the hesitant passes and everything. So, yeah, like he's gotten like better. It. He's gotten yeah. better through the season. I agree. The second half but, of the season has been better for Riley, but yeah. you could still see his defensive uh, mistakes really. He's also in. gonna. He's also gonna be hidden a lot with uh, a team that's already proven like Boston. So you're, you're well, not gonna see those mistakes. The defense core is not the greatest to begin with. It's Boston. not, but he does have the firepower up front and the defensive help. Probably the best defensive forward to ever play, arguably, and Patrice Bergeron that can help as well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, not one player is gonna help, but it would definitely uh, help uh, sort of cover some of the mistakes Riley mm-hmm. made that he wasn't able to cover uh, with uh, with Ottawa. And, yeah. Sorry, no finish. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to mention too uh, the the past game against the Leafs. Uh, I'm looking at the stat line now, and the whole uh, all of Ottawa's goals assists are by your young players. With outside of Dandenov having one assist. Oh God. Guys like Norris, guys like Batherson, uh, Stutzla had two two points there. Uh, Brandstrom's in there. Formington had his goal as well. I mean, this is what your stat line needs to look like. And putting up five goals against a Leafs team who, you know, can provide the more team defense that that they're not really known for is an accomplishment, I have to say. It, isn't it almost deja vu for Leaf fans, though? Like when you guys had – well, when you guys brought – when you guys drafted and brought in Austin Matthews and stuff like that, like they, like Toronto was not good that season. Like they they weren't they weren't good, but they have they had really young superstars, and you knew they were going to be stars and like Mitch Marner yeah. uh, and Austin Matthews, right? Now I'm not saying we have ourselves an Austin Matthews like that's a generational talent, but I think Sutil is going to be his own kind of generational talent, absolutely. Uh, and so, like I'm saying, I think that's a little bit of a, of a deja vu for Lee fans, where you're looking at Auto and you're going, "That was us the year that we got Matthews in, right?" and it's going to be so fun to watch Toronto versus Ottawa in like two years. It's mm-hmm. going to be 
it's going to be so much skill against each other. It's going to be deadly to watch. I think and, that's where the Battle of Ontario will start to take off again. Yeah, yeah and, it, and it'll be – and it's interesting. I've made that point countless times on, on our podcast about uh, Sens, uh, Sens fans being patient with what they have because they do have really good prospects. They have really good players and really good young core – that and I and and Lish, I've made this this uh, I've made this point many times with Stutzla being a minus player. That's yeah. that's okay. And my my whole point of that is he's going to be a minus player because he's still getting used to the speed of the game. He's still getting used to his defensive assignments. That is a lot more crucial than his offensive skill at the moment. Because once he him and other young players like him, like the Bathersons. Uh, like the Formington, those guys once they figure out their defensive assignments as NHL players their offensive abilities aren't going to fade. It's going to show through their game. And that, that is when you'll see Ottawa reach that next level that you know they can make. And to your point, too, in the next two years, yeah, I mean, the Battle of Ontario is going to be one of the bigger rivalries in the NHL, mostly because the Leafs will still have their core of, of superstars and the Sens will have their core superstars that will be a lot better than they are now because they're just starting out right now. Yeah, the cool thing you're going to see too is um, as much as I love to see the fierce like fisticuffs and stuff like that, you're not going to see that as much. Mm-hmm. When what you're going to see in the rivalry is you're going to see you're going to see everybody put it in that extra gear. Mm-hmm. You know, th- those guys that's going to put a little more, a little more, one extra step into that hit. You know, mm-hmm. that's what you're going to see, and you're going to see that one guy try and do that one extra dangle, that one extra beauty pass. They're going to try and one up each other, so it's not going to be. Uh, yeah, it's not going to be handled on the ice, uh, dropping the gloves. That being said, I mean, there's going to be fights. As it is what it is. But that's the beauty of what we're going to see between these two teams is it's going to be a skills competition 100%. And Absolutely. it's going to be so fun to watch. I it's agree. Be crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and, with, uh, and, and, you know, with that, I mean, we have been talking about – uh, we have been talking about the auto centers and the changes that they that they have made. Um, I just want to pick your brain a little bit here, Dave, in terms of what they had done on the trade deadline. Um, they they did get rid of Riley. They got rid of Colburn. Uh, they Good got Branson. rid of they got rid of Gabranson too. Um, they claimed Victor Mete off waivers, which is another uh, I think a, a a pretty good move for this young sense team, bringing in another young defenseman. Um, Lish gave them a B plus. Uh, for their um, for their performance during trade deadline, I'm wondering what your grade is for the Ottawa Senators based on what they have done in the trade deadline. I'm I'm so based. Uh, you know, I'm going to go an A minus. I'm going to go a little higher, and here's why: they didn't get rid of anybody important. Um, they didn't um, they didn't get rid of Dzingel, which I th- that was a huge question. Uh, yeah, we didn't know. So it's either he's going to walk away or he's going to resign. Uh, one of the two. Uh, so my hope is that he resigns. I hope so too. Yeah, and and they got rid of the guys who were taking some some minutes up from the young guys. Mm-hmm. Um, no panic moves were made. Um, they're really set on the plan with the future, uh, which is why they stood pat and said, "Let's just get rid of these old guys, these vets, these plugs." Um, <laughs> you know, we got we got three quarters of a season through where the where the you know the Bathersons and the Norrises and stuff they all gotten to know each other. Formington's been in there for a few games now. Uh, now we got Pinto and we got uh, JBD coming. coming so in, now, yeah. yeah. So now all it is is they're getting the ball rolling for all the young guys. And at the beginning of the year, they needed these older vets to get the ball rolling for the for the rookies that were coming in. And then when you look at Toronto, man, 
I was so happy to see Felina go to Toronto. It just, Isn't it I, great? Like, as a hockey win. fan, it's great. You know, like, right? like, I was about to say, as a Sens fan, I'm like, whatever, dude. But as, yeah. as, a, <laughs> as a hockey fan, I mean, I got okay, ignoring the guys behind me. Okay, these guys, ignore <laughs> them, okay? the, oh, yeah. so as a hockey fan, I love seeing Felina go to Toronto because, um, I think he is a lot of what Toronto is missing. And I'm not saying Toronto doesn't have heart, but I'm saying you don't have Felino heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also possibly one of the dirtiest players in the league. Love and him. and you need that. You need to draw penalties. Especially in the playoffs. You know, you, that's yeah. what you need. And, you know, people, it was funny because everyone was like, oh, because he says it's a dream come true. And I was just like, everyone's like, he, is that good for Toronto? I'm like, yo, he didn't even play like he didn't even play two seasons worth of games. No, I don't. He didn't. No. Not, so, so if, if he used to say like, "Hey, Buffalo was a dream come true," I'd understand because that's where his dad spent most of his career. Yeah. But everyone's like, "But you know, Toronto." And I'm like, "Okay, I get it. He he might, may have grown up a Leaf fan or whatever, but yeah, I mean, it's fitting that he's probably going to finish his career in Toronto. Um, if sorry, he's not going to finish his career in Toronto, but we'll he does see. Play. I mean, we don't know. If I think he, he's going to resign again with if Columbus. He, if he plans out the list, he's going to sign to Columbus. Yeah. I mean. If it pans out and you know he likes it there, and the Leafs come really close and they have a chance to do it again, who knows? I mean, it's yeah, up in very the air. true, very true. It's I think he, I think he goes to who he looks at has the best chance to win a cup next year if he doesn't win one with Toronto. Mm. That's what I think he does. If he does win one with Toronto, then he either goes back to Columbus or he takes some small salary to stay with Toronto, kind of yeah. just to be like, hey. Yeah, pay cut. I won a couple of these guys. I'm just going to play it out for the rest of my career here. Uh, I don't think he's got too many years left in him, but he's not He's not ready to quit just yet either. No, there's still some game in him. He, he He's good. Dave, uh, we want to thank you for uh, for joining us uh, on this. I know our, we can have an hour-long episode with you guys uh, with um, with your input on the Sens as well as the Leafs. So uh, we want to thank you for, for coming. If you could just share... Share your uh, your uh, credentials. Share your tweet, uh, your Twitter, <laughs> your Instagram. <laughs> I, I can't get it out. I can't get it out because it's sad to see you go. Um, uh, where where can we find you? Where can we find this new era uh, hockey podcast and the network? This newer network that that is uh, now kicking off. Yeah, so the website is uh, neweraHockeyNetwork.com. Uh, the Twitter page is uh, New Era Hockey Network. Po- yeah, New Era Hockey Network. Um, I'm uh, JD underscore Sanders on Twitter. Uh, one of the things I want to say to you guys is um, I, I don't know if you guys have really brought it up but congratulations on joining the uh belly up sports family hey, thanks, those, those are some that's a, that's a great group that we have and yeah and when i saw you guys join the chat there i was really happy to see that uh those guys are really good people and guys like rod peterson even called us the next bar stool right so crazy. Um, so yeah it's one of those things man i want to get all of our podcasts onto the belly up network mm-hmm. because because when they make it big and I can get paid and we can all get paid, yeah, right? Yeah, we want to be there. We no. want to see it exactly. Yeah. So yeah, congratulations, welcome to that part of the family. Um, but yeah, and then uh, Instagram, New Era Sense. Uh, we're in, right now we're in the middle of building all of the uh, all the accounts. We got New Era Jets, New Era Flames, Instagram, Twitter, all over. Man, just anybody who can come follow us. You know, share our content. We're putting articles out daily, like five a day. Uh, yeah, we're growing really fast. So, awesome, awesome. Happy, Happy to see it for you guys. Yeah, we love seeing it. We love seeing it. Uh, yeah, Dave, thanks for joining us. Uh, we hope to see you again soon. Um, and thanks for all you do for us as well. And uh, I, I guess good luck, sends down the road. Oh, 
Dave. That's just me trying to be nice to Dave. I don't get to talk to him all the time. Good luck in the playoffs. I'll be rooting for you because you're not playing Boston. <laughs> ah, I love it. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Ciao. Now it's time for our favorite segment yes. of Chooch of the Week. But a little twist for this oh, week's episode, okay. Dave. Okay. We are going to name winners and losers of the trade deadline. I like it. You like it or I what? I like it a lot. Let's so, do it. So let's start off. Mm-hmm. I think both of their teams were winners. We're going to talk about our teams being winners. We gave them an A- minus and a B plus. We so don't have to get into why, why they're winners. I mean, my one thing with Ottawa is they, they cut the fat from their team. They cleaned up the mess. Yeah. They and, got rid of the trash. Yeah. And Toronto uh, addressed the needs that they needed. They needed a middle six forward. They got. They needed goaltending insurance. They got. They needed a bit of depth on D in case of an injury. They got. And they kept all of their prospects. That was a huge, huge. thing for the Leafs huge is that the they Leafs. didn't give away any of their prospects. Just some low-risk, I think, draft picks. One of my winners mm-hmm. of the trade deadline mm-hmm. is the Detroit Red Wings. Oh, yeah. Talk about, wow, what they got the, in return for Anthony Mantha. Like, mm-hmm. that was ridiculous. Yeah, it was got, crazy what Washington gave up. I'm lot. sorry for yeah. a player like Mantha and Verana. I told you before that they're kind of the same player. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. So, again, Detroit, Stevie Y, kudos to you. You're my winner yeah. of the trade deadline. There was a couple others, Dave. Uh, what do you think? Another winner for me, and I, I, I hate admitting it, but the Tampa Bay Lightning already revamped their – sorry, revamped their already really stellar lineup yeah. to adding a – key defensive defenseman in David Savard. And they didn't really give... I mean, they gave up a first for him, and that was the big thing. Yeah. And then they gave up a, a, a fourth and a third, so a fourth from 2021 and a third from 2022. Um, for a team that's looking to make another Stanley Cup push and that has a lot of guys uh, that are going to be with the team for the foreseeable future, you got to think that that's not giving up a lot for that kind no. of team. So as dangerous as they are, they got a little more secure on the back end and defensively. Um, already with all-star goalie Vesna finalist most likely this year and probably winner Andre Vasilevsky. So uh, you got to think Tampa's a winner on today too. Yep. I mean, they didn't need to do a lot and they landed one of the big fish in, in the trade deadline. And then we'll do one more. I think, again, Boston really <sighs> came up. I know, Lee fans, you're not going to like it, but I love it. <laughs> I agree, I agree. Boston, yeah. You know, getting yeah. that for Hall, Yeah. come they, on. They gave up nothing for Hall. So and- kudos to them. Imagine him on a power play. With Bergeron. Well, now the, the the one thing with Boston, I don't Marchand. want to go into Boston. Pasternak. Okay, I know. Come on, the list have, goes on. So they basically they have Pasternak playing more with David Krejci because they want to balance out their lineup. But now that they have Taylor Hall there, they can either play Taylor Hall with Bergeron and Marchand, or they can play him with a Bergeron Marchand. But I think Hall's going to be different, and I'll tell you why. Because he's actually on a decent team. Yep. Look at New Jersey at the time. Was he Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Buffalo was in shambles. Yeah, so yeah. maybe this is the boost that he needed because yeah. he said in his interview he wanted to sign with the Bruins. Maybe the contract negotiation wasn't there. He, he wasn't. They wanted to give him maybe six, seven mil, not eight. And, so who knows? And I think that's. I don't. He see, could resign. I've always there. thought. I always thought of Taylor Hall as not being the best team guy, just from what I see. Um, see, the computer agrees with me. Um, <laughs> it's just something that it just he rubs me the wrong way a little bit as a team player. Uh, so maybe I'm wrong, and maybe you're right in your point with yes. him not having the right team to but play. But look with. at the Boston Bruins. Look oh, how there's, they there's a, yeah. how their players are signed yeah. with the cap. Yeah, 
So, yeah, did they take a little bit of pay cuts here and there? Maybe Taylor Hall's finally going to realize, maybe I have to take that little bit of a pay cut yeah. to be on an elite team. And you know what, Taylor Hall? Maybe they Think about in the offseason because yeah. that would be a perfect fit for you, unlike the Leafs where they signed four guys to like over yeah, 40, Leafs 40 million dollars. But we're not getting yeah, into that. The but Leafs whatever. couldn't get him because of the the massive contract he has and yeah. the fact that he's a UFA, so they he knew they weren't going to re-sign him. Um, so maybe that's part of the reason. At the end of the day, uh, Boston is, you know, they're on their heels a little bit. They're not the dominant force that they used to be, in, at least in this year. So, um, again, we know they can make noise in the playoffs if they need to. But, I mean, maybe Hall really wakes them up a little bit here. I think one of the big losers of today. Oh, yeah, we're going to get into the losers right now. Oof. Who's your first loser? Washington. Washington. I'm going to say it. Washington. Okay. Even I though they, they got gave, Mantha? Yes, I just think they gave up a, way too much they for him. They gave up a lot for him, I agree. Um, I think maybe they could have gave him a first rounder and left it at that, but giving them a second rounder as well, mm-hmm. plus Verena, mm-hmm. plus the other player, I think it was just too much. It was too much. It's not like you're getting a Marner or a Nylander. Yeah, and I mean, right? yeah, and it's not, again, it's for Washington, even though they're in first and they're in such a good spot right now, they're thinking... Did they really need to add him, Dave? Did they really need Mantha uh, in the lineup? I don't think they got better by adding him. I really don't. Well, they kind of did. I mean, Mantha's a force, and he could be a, an even more of a physical force True, than, than Verano I don't, was. I don't see it being a significant impact or a real big change that you know, I, Washington we, can we go on both, a cup run. We both you know? agree that it is a lot to give up. So we both and agree who is that. your loser at the um, There's more than one loser. Um, my first loser that I'll mention, um, you know, it, and I'm going to say this only because I feel like they could have gotten more if they had done something sooner. And this is the Buffalo Sabres. They lost Hall and Lazar. I mean, it's it's not a huge loser, but... Plus Eric Stahl. Well, they lost Eric Stahl. Well, these are guys that they were hoping and was get up their team. probably in the summertime, Dave, mm-hmm. we could say goodbye to Mr. Eichel. Well, we'll so, see. We'll see what happens there. I but think the, you're right with be, them being the loser. The, of the only day. reason why I mention them as being a loser is because a they didn't get a lot in return for Hall. But Boston obviously yeah. won that, and it seems like they couldn't gotten a more. They could have gotten more for Hall earlier if they just pulled the trigger on some earlier deals. Yeah. Um. Possibly. See, every like a lot of people, including myself, thought the Leafs could shake something up there. But that's probably what was part of it was that Buffalo wanted one of their prospects yeah. at least. So that's why I think Buffalo is a bit of a loser because they couldn't land a better deal for Taylor Hall. I think the management really needs to go. And you got get, a, a, yeah, a former third-line player in Kevin Adams being the GM. I don't know. We used to play for the Leafs. Buffalo, wake up. Yeah, it's a little bit Because you are confusing. the laughing stock of the NHL. They are right laughing Not Ottawa right anymore. No. It's Buffalo. Um, and then... My last three losers are all Ooh. Canadian teams. No. Yes. Okay, let's hear And it. I'm going to start with Calgary only because for the same reason as uh, Buffalo losing Hall, they lost Bennett for a second round pick and a prospect to uh, to Florida. And they also lost David Riddick for a third round pick when going to the Leafs. Uh, Riddick, I mean, could have gone to yeah. e- either team for, and that's not the the worst of it. I feel like they could have gotten more for Bennett. Really? I think a second was a little pricey for uh, Bennett. I don't know. I think no, I would have done just, a third I, round pick. I think they could have at least landed another player rather than this mm, prospect. Okay. That they grabbed. Okay. So I don't, I think they just hesitated to pull the trigger because they didn't really know where they were sitting. They're on the way outside looking in. Um, now these next two teams are in the playoffs right now and probably will make the playoffs yeah. out of the North division. Both the Edmonton Oilers and Winnipeg Jets. They yeah. did 
nothing. Nothing. Other than Edmonton landing Kulikov for a 2022 conditional and Winnipeg adding Jordy Ben for a 2021 six-round pick. They didn't really do I anything. I think Winnipeg needed that one extra player. They could have went for another forward, I think. They they could have, yeah. I expected them to do a little bit more. I thought they want. Maybe because of the Pierre, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois trade, they gave up quite a bit. Who hasn't really been that Yeah, great. hasn't really noticed him as much. Nope. So maybe they were worried about pulling any more triggers. Mm-hmm. But, but I think they could have done something else. I feel like they could have got a better defenseman. Well, I mean, who was I, really out there? I mean, I think they could have pushed for Savard, but maybe yeah. the price was too high. Yeah. Um, and as for the, the Oilers, you grabbed another stay-at-home defenseman. Last I checked, you have two of the most powerfully and great offensive players in the league in Dreisaitl and McDavid. After those two, you have nothing. You have no offense on your team. You had to do something they to, had to help pull a trigger. your secondary yeah, scoring. I they agree, have Dave. zero secondary scoring on that team. And it's a shame because <laughs> McDavid and Dreisaitl are such amazing players. You know who their secondary scoring is? Oh, and he's a defenseman. It's Darnell Nurse. <laughs> Which is great for Which them. Which he's been lighting it up lately. So kudos you, to him. But you need, you're right, you need all three, four lines to be working you, you, and scoring goals. You can't just have McDavid you, and Dreisaitl scoring. You're right. You're absolutely right on that one. Because then it's, it's so easy. Now, it's not easy to shut down McDavid or Dreisaitl. No. I'm not saying that. But on a team aspect, the reason why the Edmonton Oilers have not won more games than they have outside of their goaltending and possibly defensive struggles is that those are the only two guys scoring for them. Yeah. I mean, there's nights where they don't score points and they win, but, I mean, how often does that really happen? So to rely on two players and that's it and not give yourself some help on secondary scoring, that's a loss for me for these Big L. Big L. Uh, That's going to do us for this week on the Battle of Ontario podcast. Uh, please, please continue to follow us on Twitter at Battle of On Pod, as well as Instagram at Battle of Ontario. And just follow us on follow Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Give us some subscriptions. We're loving the support. We love the. We're getting some. This is so much fun doing this. I love like, this. We we're, do this for fun. We don't do this for money. And you it's hilarious I mean? because we 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 make it a point to meet once a week and talk hockey and talk our teams. Uh, we we don't treat it as a job we treat it as a hobby even though we're not getting paid but it doesn't matter not yet because not yet we have good (laughs) good hopes for our podcast and our futures as uh, podcasters or hockey podcasters um please follow us please support us thank you for those who already do support us thank you for those who are sending us messages and dms and what have you and giving us their love and support we do not take it for granted we thank you very much for that and tune in next week. We'll see if some of the acquisitions that have been made by our teams have panned out. Have have started to pan out because or, they're out of quarantine, right? By well, then, so well, we for will one, see. we'll see. Well, for one, Felino does have to wait, but yeah. Riddick could play as early as Tuesday night. This should be interesting. This was a fun team. episode. I loved it. Loved it. And uh, thank you guys for joining us. And as always, go Leafs, go Sens, go. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.